Hey friends, and welcome to the Happy Hour with Jamie Ivey podcast. I'm your host, Jamie, and I'm so glad you're here. Each week on this show, I invite a friend to join me and we chat about the big things in life, the little things in life, and everything in between. Friends, happy Thanksgiving week for those of you that are listening here in America. I hope actually no matter where you are, that you're finding things to be thankful for in a season that can feel a little bit crazy, a little bit out of control, but there is still so much to be thankful for. So if you're gathering with family, whatever that might look like this week, I hope that you enjoy each other. Guys, we have a phenomenal show for you today. My guest today is Jonathan Almonte. His story is so incredibly powerful and one that I am extremely honored to bring to you today. Jonathan lives in the Dominican Republic and works for Compassion International. And if you've been following me for a while, you've certainly heard me talk about Compassion and how much my husband, Aaron, and our entire family are for the work that they're doing around the world. Jonathan was actually registered in their child sponsorship program when he was seven years old. He tells the story today about growing up in poverty, what his life looked like before Compassion, and then what his life and his mom's life looked like after Compassion. Today, he is manager of supporter engagement for Compassion Dominican Republic, serving donors and sponsors of Dominican-sponsored children. Jonathan and his wife, Carrie, have a three-year-old son, JD. And this is a story that I hope you listen to with your whole family. Bring your kids in and let them listen to this as well. I hope also that you hear and understand the need that is currently happening right now around the world and specifically in the DR with children needing sponsors and what that can do to change their lives. In fact, there are currently over a thousand children who are in the DR who have been waiting for a sponsor for over one year. I know that there are some of you that have heard people talk about child sponsorships before. I hope that today, as you listen to Jonathan's story, you will see that it's not just about a random kid in another country who needs a sponsor, but you'll hear Jonathan's story. We want you to partner with Compassion International the same way that we have. In fact, if you sponsor a child from now until the end of 2020, we're going to give you a Christmas ornament and a copy of my newest book, You Be You. We have plans in the future to take a happy hour trip to the DR so that all of us can meet our children that we sponsor there. We would love for you to join us. Use this link, compassion.com slash Ivy. There you're going to find all the details. You're going to find the children that have been waiting for so long for a sponsor. And for $38 a month, you can help not only a child, but as you'll hear in Jonathan's story, you can help an entire family, a community, and you can help change the trajectory of a kid's life forever. Together is always better. And together, you and I, we can work together with Compassion International to change the world for a child and a family today. Here is my conversation with Jonathan Almonte. Jonathan, welcome to the happy hour. Thank you, Jamie. It's a great joy to be with you. This is really exciting to have you on the show. Um, If anyone's been listening to me talk for the last 10 years, they have for sure heard me speak of Compassion International. I've had the opportunity to travel to Haiti and meet the child that we sponsor there, Wansley. I've had the opportunity to travel to Kenya and meet the child that we sponsor there, Brian. I've had the opportunity to travel to Mexico City and meet the child oh. that we sponsor, Mia, there. And my husband has had the opportunity to travel to Peru and meet Kiera, who she has now aged out. 
we sponsored her when she was about seven and now she has gone through the program. And so it is a joy for me sincerely to have you on here, Jonathan. You live in the DR and work for Compassion International. Tell us what your job is there. Well, first of all, Jamie, thank you for having me in this program of you sharing with your audience. And it's clear the passion and the commitment that you have on serving children in poverty. Praise God for that. I serve here in the DR as the manager of supporter engagement. Basically, what I do is I oversee a team and provide a strategic leadership for all the communication back and forth from sponsor to beneficiaries or sponsor to children and children back to the sponsor. And basically, all the complexity that has to do with making communication better, faster, and also leading or hosting donors, sponsors who come to the DR, everything that has to do on serving you <laughs> as the individual sponsor and those who are listening and the future sponsors Yes, <laughs> in this podcast, serving you uh, to make our service better. And of course, to strengthen the relationship between the sponsor and the child. That's, that's my job. I love that. And, you know, when I I released the book back in October, and one of the things that we were talking about was getting sponsors for children in the DR. And we have a big goal over here at the happy hour. I won't say it yet because we haven't really like nailed it down, but we have a big goal of seeing kids sponsored, especially kids that have been waiting longer than a year. But child sponsorship is not something that you stumbled upon. This is a part of your story. So take us back all the way to when Jonathan was a little child. And I think you entered the program, the child sponsorship program, when you were seven. Am I right about that? You're very right. Okay, so take us back to your early life and tell us how compassion impacted you as a child, a young boy. Being born out of a single mother, living in a very dangerous neighborhood, the closest that I can picture my neighborhood is that will be a very dangerous neighborhood in a Detroit city. Sadly, we hear the news of the violence in the ghettos. And big cities have those neighborhoods in the U.S. and everywhere. And that was a reality for me. So I was born in that reality, single mom, in a very small house. I cannot picture uh, the size, uh, but, I, but I'll say that maybe will be about the size of a car to give people an idea of the space that we had as a home. Mm -hmm. And in that place, we had to deal with our bathroom, kitchen, our place to sleep, our living room. Of course, was a headache. Drug stealers was, drugs basically was the biggest business in in my neighborhood. Mm. And it is sadly still today. Prostitution is a big problem in that area. And I grew up in that reality, seeing a lot of violence, gangs movement, and also political instability in my neighborhood. And in that reality, lacking shoes to walk in the streets, I, my shoes were broken, so I had to take cardboard and put it inside my shoes, ate once a day, the days that I could eat, specifically to give you an idea, a piece of bread, not a fancy, well-made Krispy Kreme or a Starbucks bread. <laughs> it's just a piece of bread that a, a small baker do in the community mm-hmm. and a piece of chocolate, which will be a, about the size of a finger. Mm-hmm. You get that piece of chocolate, put it on boiling water, and that will be my meal for the day. Wow. Mm-hmm. And in that reality, I had, of course, to sell juice on the streets with my mom, 
in the same streets that didn't deny prostitution was going on or drugs were happening. Uh, we were selling juice between maybe 5 p.m. up to 9 p.m. and was safe now to go back home. I used to be a diver as well. People don't understand that you can be also a garbage or a dumb side diver. So basically, I was diving in garbage in a dumb side area in different points of the Dominican Republic looking for plastic to recycle. Mm. So the plastic that I got, I could sell it for a few cents. And with that money, I could buy the chocolate and the bread. Mm. So you grew up with a single mom. Where was your dad? When I was a child, it didn't make sense to me where was my dad. Mm. But the only picture that I had back then was meeting him once a month in a different place every time for five minutes. He came in his car. Wow. Somehow he called my mom. Mm -hmm. He will say, I'll meet Jonathan in this place. I will go to that place, wait for him for an hour, two hours. He will appear, get into the car, say hi. uh, And then five minutes for the next month. That was my Mm. relationship with my dad. Wow. So you're growing up in very drastic poverty selling juice with your mom, living in a very rough part of town. How did you and your family get connected to Compassion International? My mom, in the midst of the situation that we were going through, she was attending the church that that we attend, and she actually made the decision for Christ. She was safe. Mm. And in the same church, there was a school or an after-school program. We didn't know the name because the name was not Compassion. It has another name, but it was Compassion. And so my mother applied and I got into that program. And that was when I was seven years old. Wow. Would you say, is that when a lot of things changed in your life or what did it look like then? I always say, again, back then I couldn't understand because Compassion doesn't show up the brand of Compassion in those communities. Compassion works through the local church. And so my church was the, the, the face of the service. They provided me every August or summer, July, August, the school supplies, uniform. You need a uniform to go to school. I didn't have a uniform, nor I have shoes. And my shoes were broken. In the U.S., you say talking shoes. We, <laughs> we say hungry shoes uh-huh. because they were broken. I had to take cardboard and put it inside. They got me shoes every summer to go to school. And every Christmas... I used to receive gift from someone that I was supposed to call sponsor. Uh. <laughs> Couldn't understand very well the idea of the model, but I was happy. I mean, yeah, every child in Latin America on Christmas, we don't buy clothes during the year. But you have one time during the year to get clothes. That's December. Mm. By Christmas Eve. And every year I had at least a new pan and a new teacher thanks to my sponsor. Mm. So I was happy. That made me happy. You know, it's so interesting what you just said, because I mentioned earlier in the show how I've had the unique opportunity to visit every child we've ever sponsored, minus Kiara, who only my husband was able to see. So I've had this, I mean, amazing opportunity to travel the world and see compassion up close and personal. And some of the things that I love most about compassion, you've already mentioned, number one, the local church. Like you drive up and you often do not see a compassion international sign. It is the church, it is the church, it is the pastor, it's the people. 
But you said, you know, I, I got these gifts from this person that I was supposed to call sponsor. And I find that to be so funny because I often have wondered, what are these children thinking about our letters and thinking about when I flew to Kenya and went out to Brian's house and met his family? And as a seven-year-old, what was your concept of what happened when you started going to that school and started going to church and you had this quote-unquote sponsor that would write you letters? And do you remember your sponsor? Oh, yeah. I not only remember her, I have all the letters that she sent me. Oh, my gosh. What I felt was a local church serving me. Yeah. I had a place where I could be safe. I didn't feel safe at my same home, mm. at my home. Yeah. Children were kidnapped uh, when I was a child. And we hear a lot of cases of children being trafficked. That is still happening everywhere today. And but but at the church, I have food, I have education, I have a uniform, I have new shoes, I have I have food. Mm. This is very important. In the US people, while they eat, they talk. Yeah. And that is something we in the Dominican Republic have never could understand. Why? You do that. And a friend from the U.S. explained me that. He said, Jonathan, in the U.S., eating is a social activity. Mm -hmm. But in Latin America or in places in poverty and in the context of the DR, eating is a miracle. Mm -hmm. Therefore, I was the opportunity to have food. To, even today, when we eat, we don't talk. This is a very important, it's, just, it's almost a sacred moment. Because you grew up without it. So it, yes. it doesn't, and it's not a social moment. It's an, no. oh my gosh, I have food moment. Yes, yes. I'm, you're thankful. You're yeah. thanking the Lord. And the church provided me that. Mm. And the truth is, for a good part of my childhood and teenagehood, the church, will, we say in the VR, kill hunger for me. Mm. I always have food there. You know, Jonathan, I have talked to a lot of people about compassion and, and the way that you just said something will stick with me forever is that as a child, you didn't think, oh, this organization called Compassion International is doing something to my life. You thought my local church is meeting my needs. And um, I know that because it's one of my favorite things, like I've said already about compassion is how they work through the local church. But to hear you, what you felt as a young child is my mom doesn't have a, a job that can provide for us. I don't get to go to school. I don't, I barely get to eat once a day. I don't have shoes. I don't have a uniform. And then you said, and then the local church made it possible. Yeah. And that is the gospel. That is so beautiful. I love that so very, very much. How else, what else did that look like growing up for you? As you mentioned, the opportunity to have the gospel in this place. But what poverty was saying to me was that I was not enough, that I didn't have opportunities. In fact, even until I was 18 years old, I was dealing with a lot of insecurity and low self-esteem. And, and that was because of my reality. Yeah. Can I be a professional in the future? Can I be someone who can make a change? And that is maybe the other element that the church provided. I didn't grow up with my father, and but having my the pastor of my local church and the tutors at my local church providing me love, care, and my sponsor's letter, my life was changed because mm -hmm. of the local church, because of the compassion work, and because of my sponsor. That I'm not exaggerating when I say that. What is your sponsor's name? Jamie. Jamie, like me. 
Yes, yes. It was not just, me, but just, just, just like, like me. You. Where did she live or where does she live? Jamie's from Michigan. Okay. Grand Rapids, Michigan. Back then, she was Jamie Boilema. And then she got married. She uh-huh. was a college student when she sponsored She me. was a college student when she sponsored you. Yes. And she sponsored you for how long? Well, most of the time that I was in the program. Yeah. My first sponsor name was Ninky. Uh, she sponsored me maybe for a year or, or two years. I couldn't have a good relationship with her in the sense that I was too little, yeah. seven mm-hmm. years old. Mm-hmm. So I wasn't conscious enough about that. But Jamie sponsored me when I was around 11. Yeah. And she was like an older sister, uh, wow. my big sister. So she sponsored me maybe 14 years. Yeah. I graduated at 18. I hope Jamie listens to this show. We're going to have to get it to her somehow. I don't know how that's even possible, but everyone, if you know this person, get her this show because she was a college student. And, you know, we talk about child sponsorships and I believe in them because I've seen them. I've seen the work that you guys do on the ground, people like you. And what I I saw just this year in 2020, I was in Mexico City with our mutual friend, Christy. And to think that $38 a month can actually change someone's life. And you're, you are a living example of a college student named Jamie um, sacrificing uh, you know, a shirt from Target for $38 a month. And it changed your life. Right now, the situation in the DR with poverty, how has that been affected by COVID? Let me say something before that, Jamie. You did mention the how $38 can make an impact in the life of a child in poverty. Uh, Jamie not only sacrificed uh, simple stuff, she was going back to university, to college, and she was planning to buy a car. Mm-hmm. We got the chance to meet each other in Dallas, and that was 2016, and we saw the letters. We read our letters back and forth. Mm-hmm. And But she told me, hey, I was struggling with in my economy. And I am in this festival and they are singing and then they're talking about children in poverty. And she went to the table and I was there in the package. <laughs> and I'm so grateful that she did sponsor me because my life was changed mm-hmm. thanks to, to her effort. Just to give you an idea, Jamie always wrote a letter after a hurricane. A hurricane mm-hmm. will be the closest to the reality where children are right now with COVID. Yeah. Close at home, without resources, any need. My father never called me after a hurricane. Mm-hmm. Jamie never forget my birthday. I have many letters of every birthday that you remember. She was an expert in writing letters because mm-hmm. she will write small notes to say, Hi, Jonathan, I'm just writing to let you know that I'm thinking about you. Wow. Maybe the most important letter that Jamie sent me that I still uh, have with me is this letter. She said, greeting Jonathan from Michigan. Jamie was very proud about Michigan. In all the letters, she mentioned Michigan. And whatever Michigan was, the fact that there's someone thinking about me and yeah. caring about me really helped me understand God's love in my mm-hmm. life. Greeting Jonathan from Michigan. We received our first dosing of snow today on Thanksgiving, which I didn't know back then what Thanksgiving was. <laughs> but I love turkey. I love turkey. It's my favorite meat, and I wish we could have Thanksgiving. And she said, we received our first dosing of snow today on Thanksgiving. Today is a great day to reflect on all the things that I am thankful for. And you are one of those that I am greatly thankful for. I wish you and your family a Merry Christmas. It is because of Jesus' birth that we can have hope and assurance of eternal life after death. 
Today, in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is Christ the Lord. Luke 2, 11. In Christ's love, Jamie. This letter, it's beautiful. Yes. But if people understand the context, which Jamie didn't understand, that this letter came just a year after my father told me that I was a mistake. Mm-hmm. The reason I met with my father once a month in different places is because he has a wife and four daughters. He was married when he met my mom. Therefore, I was born out of his marriage. I was what people in society call a bastard. Mm-hmm. He hidden me from his family. When I was 14, his family realized that I existed. We reunited. And after that, my father was angry with me for meeting his family. And in a conversation, he said to me that I had to understand that I am a mistake in his life. Therefore, I didn't have any permission to meet his family or get involved in his family. And after that, my life was badly affected emotionally. That's that's what poverty, not only in the DR, everywhere tells to people. But adding that to the economical element, not opportunities, it's drastic and unbelievable. Jamie sent this letter after a year of myself questioning my sonship in the, mm. in Christ, my the love of God in my life. And this letter helped me to understand, come on, God has provided a church, even mm. though I didn't have a father. On the other hand, God provided this woman from whatever that place is in Michigan, thousands of kilometers away from the DR. And she's thankful about mm. me. There are many things that a person can be thankful for. And who will think that a child will be one of those reasons? But the fact that Jamie used this letter as a discipleship tool in my life is what really amazed me today. Mm. She preached me the gospel in this letter. It is because of Jesus' birth, not because my father thinks that I am or not a mistake, that I have assurance or hope of life after death. It is because of Jesus' birth and Mm. his death and in his resurrection Therefore, I am a son of God. I am not a mistake. And that letter not only helped me understand God's love for me, it helped me to forgive my father. Mm. And now we have a very good relationship. You do. I call him. Yes, I call him after being faced with this reality uh, through Jamie's letter. And I say, hey, dad, I'm sorry to be a mistake in your life. I wouldn't change who I am and where I was born. God is using me to be a voice for others who come from where I come. But on the other hand, you have to admit that I am the best mistake you have ever made. (laughs) (laughs) And it was a crying, laughing moment on how God restored both of our lives and our relationship. Today, we have a very good relationship, my father and I. Thanks to a letter. Thanks to a letter. That's amazing. If you don't know it, guys, I'm a Texas girl through and through. I've lived here most of my life. I was born here and I love traveling. Here's why I love traveling throughout Texas, because it has a vast landscape of cultures, regions, destinations, and activities, which means there's an infinite number of different travel experiences. And no two travelers are exactly alike, and it means that no two trips should be either. If you're a beach person, well, you can have fun under the sun with Texas's 350 miles of coastline. If you're more of a rugged vacation type, there are campgrounds, hiking trails, and state parks galore. And foodies cannot get enough of Texas's world-famous barbecue and Tex-Mex. 
Enjoy live music. Visit internationally recognized art museums and check out thrilling cowboy experiences. And now Travel Texas offers a one of a kind online trip builder that allows users to generate a custom visually led trip matched to their unique interest. Guys, come visit my state. Visit TravelTexas.com slash get your own to get the only trip to Texas that matters. Yours. That's TravelTexas.com slash get your own. You guys, in January of 2024, I made a commitment to myself. I wanted to get stronger, which meant I needed to get in the gym, which means I needed to move my body in different ways. You guys know I love to walk. Well, it's spring, and spring is the best time for us to start a new workout routine. It's our yearly collective warm-up, and Peloton is here for everyone's yearly warm-up. This is the best time to get into a good rhythm, to tap into your power, and build towards your summer you. I love my Peloton. It accommodates to my schedule with a variety of class links to choose from. I can choose a 30-minute class. I can choose a 45-minute class. If you only have five minutes, there's literally a class to get you moving your body in five minutes. Peloton has a range of class types fit for every goal and every mood. There are classes if you want to hear country music, if you want to hear uh, rock, if you want to go back to the 80s. If you can't run, take a walking class. Need some grounding? Try yoga. If you want to level up, go for their Pilates or HIIT workouts. Here's what I love is that you can move at your own pace. And that is what I'm learning that my body needs right now. It needs to move at its own pace. Peloton makes the process easier with personalized recommendations and guided programs that take all the guesswork out of working out. You guys, we think about so many things during the day. Let's take the guesswork out. Let's jump right in and let's keep our fitness journey fresh every single day. Peloton has everything you need to get you where you're going. Whether you prefer to run outdoors, row or ride at home, or strength train at the gym, Peloton has something for you. I personally love a good 45-minute hip-hop class. It gets me moving. It gets me excited. It's my favorite genre of music. Just ask my kids. Get a head start on summer with Peloton at OnePeloton.com. That's OnePeloton.com. Now, I want to go back to what I asked you earlier. How is COVID affecting specifically the children that are in such extreme poverty in the DR right now in 2020? The reality of families in poverty, just like my mom, is that they sell juice on the streets, they sell vegetables on the streets, they cook and resell that on the streets. There is not a formal job, which is the case in the DR. Mm. Half of the workforce in the DR has no social security benefit, doesn't have any retirement plan. They basically, in terms of labor, they does not exist to the society. Mm. And those people with the lockdowns happening, they are not able to go out and work. I mean, sell their items. They are forced to be at home without any opportunity to make money. And there are no clients to sell on the streets because yeah. those who buy those goods are also at, at home, home. Mm-hmm. with the lockdown. So to give you a number, out of that half of the population working, the formal or the labor who is in the security system in the DR, 800,000, almost a million have lost their job. Oh my gosh. And so it's just a situation with no precedent. Yeah. Our unemployment rate, it's way bigger. It's Mm -hmm. over 50%, Mm. different than in the U.S. Yeah. And... That's a massive reality. That is a massive reality. How is compassion, like how 
I want to ask this in the right way, and you can correct me if you need to. I don't mind that at all. For children, we know you have probably over a thousand children that have been waiting for longer than a year. You have children right now that need sponsors. Can you tell me, give me a little glimpse of how a child who has a sponsor right now currently in the situation that the DR is in with COVID and poverty, how is that sponsorship helping them in the midst of this? Every child in our program, they have been receiving food since the beginning of the pandemic last March. The goal, since the children are not attending the church Mm -hmm. and they are not receiving the food at the church, the churches are preparing food kits and they are delivering that to the Mm. families. Something important, if people don't think that $38 can make an impact in a child's life, imagine that the, the food that the churches are providing can last in a family for two weeks. Wow. Not only for the child. If I sponsor a child, the church will provide food for that child and his or her family for two weeks. Yeah. So their support of a sponsor is not only longer for or being enough for a child. It's enough to save a complete family during this time. Another thing is all children in our program have access to medical support. Compassion provides 80% of all medical costs for the children. Or if needed, 90%. It will depend on the need of the child. So if a child gets COVID, they will get full coverage to take COVID tests, medicines, and all of that. Yeah. To put it in perspective, none of the 70,000 beneficiaries in the Dominican Republic have been affected by COVID. And if they have been, none have died. They have wow. received appropriate medical support, mm-hmm. food support, counseling support, mm-hmm. families in these very crowded communities where you don't have any space. It's not yeah. a big, it's not a house with, with mm-hmm. a backyard mm-hmm. like in the U.S. Yeah. You can have in a few square meters, 20 families mm-hmm. all together divided by a piece of wood Yeah, in a small places like a car. Mm-hmm. And you can have in a space like a car, 10 people, eight people, six people. It's hard to social distance, you're telling us. It is almost impossible. Impossible, And so churches are providing face masks, all the protection that they need. Mm -hmm. All the children are receiving in our program online classes, whether that's through Zoom, YouTube, Mm -hmm. through all those platforms. Mm -hmm. Children are receiving visits of the tutors with Mm -hmm. the social distancing. Mm -hmm. And we know about cases of children that because of the reality are getting into a depression. Mm-hmm, yeah. There are cases, the case of Eric, one of our beneficiaries who almost lost his leg because of medical malpractice. Mm. And the church went to the hospital, took him out of that place to another hospital and saved his leg. Mm. That is the practical support that, that a child is receiving in the program. Like a girl in her house they didn't have any food. And then the tutor and the project that the compassion center director from the church come with a bag of food. Mm. And the girl started to scream, mom, mom, come. <laughs> I knew that the church will not forget me. Mm. He had hope. Yeah. She knew that she was known, loved and protected. Mm. And that is the practical ways right now through COVID, how a child who has a sponsor 
is receiving the support. Now, Jonathan, I want to ask you this, and I think I know the answer, because we want to get kids sponsored. We're we're not trying to pull anything over on anyone. We have one goal today, and that's to hear your story, because we love you, Jonathan. We're so happy you're here. But you and I both have the same goal here, is that we Mm -hmm. want children sponsored in the Dominican. So let me give people a link right now. If they want to go, they can go to compassion.com slash Ivy. That's my last name, I-V-E-Y. And there are tons of kids there that are in the DR. Most of them have been waiting longer than a year. So here's my question for you. If someone were to go today and sponsor a child, how quickly would that child begin to receive the services that you just told us about? Immediately. In fact, we are reaching those children already. So you're telling me if a child is on your webpage and they are waiting, they're currently getting services. Yes. Yes. Okay. The big burden for compassion is to keep the support for those children. Yeah. We don't have enough funds to mm-hmm. keep those children in the program without the sponsor. And, in, and not only is the economical support, it has to do also with the emotional support. Mm. Uh, again, the letter, as I mentioned, the importance of the letter. But yes, we are right now currently serving those children. And that is a big burden for compassion. Our commitment is not to depart or not to cancel any of those children in our program. So Mm. you can imagine, thanks to the general support of other sponsors who are providing to non-sponsored children, we have those children for those days in our program. But again, it's right now through covid Mm. We are not reaching or sponsoring all the children that we wanted to reach in Mm. the DR. And these Mm. are the children waiting to be sponsored. We're not talking about the children who are in poverty right now. Yeah. They haven't been reached. Poverty for them hasn't stopped. Mm. Poverty is there. And poverty is a reality that's more than a name. We already described in my story that reality for those children. So I definitely urge and we pray, and and you're very right. This is our prayer Mm -hmm. that God moves his people to answer to this specific need. And Jamie, something that I want to add, it's not only seeing this as a, well, I have this $38, so that could be a coffee in a day. I always when I get the opportunity to go and preach or speak in the U.S., I spend $38 easy in, in the airport. But that's not the way we should see it. This is the thing. God has called us as Christians to make disciples. The biggest need that a child in poverty is facing is a spiritual need. Mm. They need a savior. Mm-hmm. This is a discipleship process. Mm. I was introduced to the gospel because of this program. Otherwise, I wouldn't be here with you. Mm. The reason I have a wife, one wife, I always make fun because I don't know how people can make two wives happy. That will <laughs> That's be what a, my husband a says too, yeah. <laughs> Therefore, one wife is enough. But seriously, having the, my goal is to be faithful to this woman. Mm. As a man, I couldn't have a man in my life to be a model for me. But I have the opportunity now to be a husband. To be a father, I have a son, JD, he's two years old. And that's one of the greatest joy in my life. Mm-hmm. Again, my life was not only spiritually changed, it was in all sense dramatically changed. Yeah. Therefore, the man that I am, the success that I have made, 
and we haven't gone into the academics, but I have my bachelor's degree. I have studies in public policy in Washington, D.C. There are things that God has allowed me to do that I wouldn't be able to do it without the support of my sponsor. This is beyond just sacrificing a coffee or a teacher, or in the case of Jamie, buying a car. This is literally changing a life for eternity. Mm. The trajectory of your life on this earth and in the eternal was changed drastically by one person's discipleship, we should say. One person's discipleship uh, with that $38 sponsorship. You know, the truth that I know right now is that 2020 has affected every single person on the planet, and it's affected people in America, Europe, Africa, Latin America. Everyone has been affected. But what we also know is that it has been devastating to children and families who are living in poverty. Absolutely devastating. And so I want to invite you that are listening to see how you can make a difference in someone's life, just like Jamie made a difference in Jonathan's life. It wasn't just a, you know, $38 just automatically getting taken out of her checking account every month, which thank goodness for technology, we can do that. But it was discipleship. It changed your life. It changed the life of your mother. It changed the life of your wife because she now has you and your son, JD. I mean, generations of the Alamantes are changed forever because of that decision. And so I want to ask you a couple more questions, but I want to let everyone know this is that if you sponsor a child now to the end of the year, we're going to send you a copy of my book. And I'm so excited about that. And uh, the first 50 sponsors are going to get an ornament from our friends at Grace Laced. Uh, You know, Ruth Jo Simons. We love her and we have some ornaments from her to give you. Jonathan, you're married. You've got a son. You're working for compassion. What are your dreams for your son? Because you didn't get to have those dreams early on in your life. Obviously, we see that you did develop dreams and God was faithful and through the local church and where you are today. But what do you dream for your son, JD? First one, I pray God to save him. JD, the biggest gift that God will give me is uh, to save him and may JD see God as the most valuable relationship in his life. Mm. And that includes, of course, the dream that I am living. Uh, I woke up and I'm thinking, I am a father. Mm. I have a responsibility to be an example for my own son and to guide him to Christ. And of course, I want him to achieve even more that that God has allowed me to achieve in terms of, I speak English because of compassion. That is part of the benefits that the children receive. I receive uh, classes, English classes at the church. And, but I began speaking English when I was 12. So my English was in an evolution process. So I now I'm... It's very good, by the way. Thank you. I appreciate it. It, it wasn't the same when I was, <laughs> when I started. But JD, now he's introduced to English and he's learning English. In fact, he's learning to speak both Spanish and English. Mm-hmm. So I want him to be successful in the career that he wants to decide. But definitely that is a dream that I am living right now. I love it so much. How did compassion change your mom's life? My mom started working as a cook at the church for the compassion program. Then she started to provide classes to the children as a tutor. And then because of that experience, she went to university and she took 10 years, but she graduated. She's a professor. Jonathan, oh my gosh. And now my mom is a professor in in a high school. 
So yes, she's self-sustainable, not poverty at all. She's doing a master right now. She wants to specialize on the teaching that she's providing. And she's right now 53. Mm. So God not only changed my life through compassion, he changed my mother's life. She could go to university while I was attending the compassion center. Yeah. The $38 not only changed the life of the child, it enables a local church in poverty to make God's mission for that local church. Mm. That support provide the church with the opportunity to reach those in need with the mission to make disciples. My wife was a compassion tutor. She was not a sponsored child. She was in poverty as well. She was one of those children that sadly was enriched by compassion, but she was able to go to university because of the experience of providing classes to sponsor children at the church. And my wife is a psychologist. She also has a master because of the compassion support. And let me clarify, Jamie, my wife was not my tutor. (laughs) (laughs) That would have been another great episode we could have had. (laughs) That will be crazy. How did y'all meet? We met at church. Okay. The very same church where I grew up in the compassion program. My wife grew up very close by to the church. So the church is in the heart of this neighborhood in need, but we never met. And so at the church, we interestingly started to do mission trips to Haiti. My major is linguistics applied in English uh, or modern languages. So back then I spoke French and some Creole. And so we met doing mission trips in our church when we were 16, 17 years old. Was it love at first sight? It was not. For me, it was. For my wife, it took longer. It took me four years to convince her to consider. I love it. I love it so much. Well, which part of the DR are you in? I didn't even ask. I'm right in the capital, Santo Domingo. Okay. Santo Domingo. Okay. I hope to get to down there to meet you guys and see the work that you're doing. That would be just one of my greatest things is to be able to travel there and see the work you guys are doing. I've seen the work they do in Haiti as well years ago, but I would be excited about coming down and see you guys. We would love to host you. Thank you. Okay, Jonathan, before I ask you what I ask every happy hour listener, which is what they're reading and loving and watching, what do you want to say to what would be your final word to everyone that's listening to the show? What would you want to tell them? When I met Jamie in 2016, we were reading our letters. Both were surprised. I was uh, shy, uh, meeting my, that's the dream of every sponsored child. In fact, I'm so excited that your children had the chance to meet you. Only 1% of the children in the Compassion Program have the chance to see their sponsor. Wow. And when I host trips here with the sponsors, the children usually ask, is that my sponsor? Is she my sponsor? Is he my sponsor? So I'll say, never underestimate the power of a letter. Mm. 30% of the New Testaments are letters. And we are reading those letters 2,000 years after they were written. Those letters were written to churches to strengthen their faith, to guide them, to make them disciples of Christ. Therefore, letter writing for me is a discipleship tool for a child living in poverty. Let us never forget that the biggest need that they have is Christ as their Savior and Lord. The other thing that I would like to say is we are not simple moms or simple workers or simple's wife. I do remember Jamie told me, I never thought that a simple mom will make such an impact in someone's life. 
under God's sonship, we're not simple people. We're doing great things, even though we think that they are simple things. In the society, for those moms who are at home, they might not look like successful, but that will be maybe, or that was one of the best days of my life, being a child. Even though we were in poverty, my mom was at home. Mm-hmm. I had my mom there. And what Jamie did was not a simple thing. The gospel is not a simple thing. It's a great impact in people's lives. Therefore, what I wanted to emphasize, it's more than the $38. is is making a child in poverty a disciple of Christ. It's literally saving the lives right now by providing medical access, food support, and educational support. Again, I wouldn't learn English without compassion, but the most important thing, a relationship with God. That will be my last comment on that. Amen. Thank you, Jonathan. You are obviously so well-spoken in this, and I'm so grateful to have your voice on the happy hour. Again, you guys, I just want to invite you into this with us. Jonathan has said it so beautifully, and I just want to reiterate from me is that, you know, I'm not asking you to do anything I haven't done. I listed out all the children that we sponsor. Um, And so, join us, like come in, make a difference in a child's life. Poverty is devastating. And Jonathan is a living, breathing example that you're listening to today of how a sponsorship has literally changed his life and his mother's life. You can go to compassion.com slash Ivy. Remember now through the end of 2020, when you sponsor through that particular link, we're going to send you a copy of my newest book, UBU, plus the first fifth receive a beautiful ornament from Grace Lace. All right, Jonathan, what are you loving? What are you watching? What are you reading? Tell us what you're loving. We, through this quarantine, we have enjoyed both my wife and I and JD as well. And we have seen a lot of children movies. and But we have been watching a lot of NASA things uh-huh. like the first man on moon and plans to go to Mars. Yeah. Very interesting. But I have been reading lately Generous Justice from Timothy Keller. Mm-hmm. Also, This Momentary Marriage from yep. John Piper. John Piper. I also have been reading uh, Religious Affections. That's a classical word mm-hmm. from Jonathan Edwards. Ethic book, more theological aspects mm-hmm. of ethics in the Bible. Essentially, Jamie, because I have been studying a lot this topic, which is a big topic in the U.S., the justice and, yes. and all of that. And so I have spent a lot of time on reading and understanding how God wants Christians to live justly toward those who are in need. And so, yes, so good. So those good. Those have been some of, of my readings right now at this moment. I love it. Well, Jonathan, thank you so very, very much for your time today and just for your life and the way that you're giving it um, back to an organization that was so crucial and critical in your life. And I just want to remind everybody about Compassion International, how they work through the local church. And we've said that so many times. And it's one of my most favorite things about compassion is that the local church in the local community are being the hands and feet of Jesus to the people around them. And when we sponsor a child, we just get to walk alongside and partner and put wind in their sails and help them financially and send letters to encourage. And so I'm grateful for you. Again, that link, you guys, is compassion.com slash Ivy. I-V-E-Y. That's my last name. Jonathan, thank you. Thank you, Jamie. 
friends, I love partnering with Compassion International. And you might have heard me say that I was just with Compassion earlier in the year, right before COVID hit in Mexico City, seeing the work that they're doing there. I love the story that Jonathan told about a college girl and how her faithfulness to want to care for the vulnerable, to help those in poverty, and to give the little that she had, it made a massive impact on Jonathan's life. And it was more than she could have ever imagined. Friends, go today. Find out more information at Compassion.com slash Ivy, I-V-E-Y. Like I said, there are over 1,000 children currently in the DR who have been waiting for a sponsor for over one year. I love that our happy hour community, you as a listener, you can step in. You can step in the life of a child and make a difference. It's a big vision, you guys, but we really would love to see all of these children over the next year sponsored through you guys as you listen. Like I said, if you sponsor from now till the end of 2020, we're going to send you an ornament and a copy of my new book, You Be You. Also, I would love for you to join us on our trip to the DR. We're planning that now. I hope you get to come with us. It's $38 a month to sponsor a child. Go to Compassion.com slash Ivy. Today's show was edited and mixed by the team at Podshaper, and the music was developed for the show by Matt Graham. Show notes are written by Abby Castell, and the whole thing is organized by Lindsay Sweeney. Guys, enjoy your week. If you live in America, enjoy Thanksgiving. Please tell me you're going to have some kind of Thanksgiving dish, maybe dressing and gravy and cream corn and mashed potatoes. Oh my goodness. Friends, enjoy your week. Share the show with a friend. Have a happy hour with a friend. Happy Thanksgiving. I'll see you back here on Friday with my guest, Colton Dixon.